Greetings, peasant. Wait a minute, Tim's gonna kick my ass if I steal his intro. I mean, uh, hello everyone and welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard. I am, of course, Ryan Howard. There's a reason why I aped Tim's intro today. That is because I am talking to the lovely and talented Candace Schaefer, a.k.a. Fiance from the Knights and Nerds podcast. She and I had a great conversation. Um, there was an interesting occurrence that happened kind of in, in the middle of uh, our, our interview. Apparently, uh, Canada is a, uh, a pathway to some uh, mystical realms that I thought were purely imaginary. I guess it shouldn't surprise me, though. I mean, both the Knights and Nerds crew and Rush are from Ontario, so I guess it makes sense that Ontario sits atop a well of magical energy. But yes, we, we had a great interview. Uh, it was so fun to talk to Candace. And, uh, yeah, some, some interesting stuff happens in today's episode. Uh, there's not really going to be a rant today. I just have a, a correction to make for the end of the podcast. But before we get into that, I do have a few plugs. First and foremost, I want all of you to rate and review this show on whatever podcatcher it is you use to listen. We are growing, and I, I'm happy that, that the audience is growing and that we're expanding. Uh, Levi brought in a whole bunch of listeners last week, and uh, I'm sure Candace and the Knights and Nerds crew will do the same this time. Actually, being friends with Tim has landed me a interview with a, a, a really cool guest, and uh, you know, me and that guy are going to be talking about uh, D&D and video games at some point, but I will have more on that later. But I want to expand this audience. I want to get a hundred people listening, and then from there, two hundred, and then a thousand, and on and on and on, until I am standing eye to eye with the legendary Matt Mercer, because I am not ambitious in the slightest. But in order to do that, we have to get noticed, and to get noticed, uh, I need reviews. So whatever you think of this podcast, uh, just put that in a review however many stars you want to give me, whatever the rating system is on your podcatcher. Just leave some reviews, give me some feedback, tell me what I can improve, tell me what you like, and I will make those improvements. I also want to push you towards uh, social media. If you want to interact with me on Twitter, at Howard underscore Ryan Gregg. And if you want to see the miniatures that I'm painting on my Instagram, you can also find me at Howard underscore Ryan Gregg. Now to move on to some plugs for uh, my friends, the uh, the people who have graciously appeared on this show in the past. Of course, I want to give congratulations again to the Knights and Nerds crew for successfully funding their new audio equipment. I am so incredibly proud of them. I'm glad that you guys were able to support them and to help them improve their show. I'm excited to hear what their new product is going to sound like with this new audio equipment. I've heard the uh, the recent episodes where they used it, and I am excited for them that, you know, the editing process is going to be a lot easier now. And so, once again, that, that Kickstarter is complete. It's done. If you missed out on it, I'm so sorry, but the show is, is there for you. So, give it a listen. I love it. And hopefully, if you've not listened to it after this episode, you will be convinced to listen to Knights and Nerds. And of course, I want to uh, give a big shout out to my friends at Eldritch Foundry, Matt and Joseph. They had a great Gen Con. Uh, the figures that I saw on their social media looked fantastic. I am so incredibly excited to get my figures. Uh, the site launches in September, right around mid-September. As far as I'm aware, if that changes, I will, of course, update you on this podcast, on my social media. 
but I am looking forward to getting my custom figures, and I know all of you are as well. And the last person I want to mention is, of course, our good friend DM Dave at dmdave.com. He also had a successful Kickstarter a while ago for Broadsword Magazine, and Broadsword is coming soon. It is also coming in September. And for those of you who did not jump on the Kickstarter but are interested in Broadsword, uh, I have an affiliate link for you to, of course, get Broadsword. So if you would kindly use the affiliate link, uh, basically a couple bucks get kicked back to me for every uh, magazine that's sold through the affiliate link. Uh, helps me to maybe someday get new audio equipment of my own, or uh, get more miniatures, or pay off student loans, or eventually buy a house, something like that. But anyway, that link will be available in the show notes, which is going to be directly below the episode if you're listening on Anchor, or there are show notes on every podcatcher. You'll be able to find them. You'll see them. It's the description where I tell you who my guest is. So yeah, that's that's where you'll find the affiliate link. Please go there if you want Broadsword Magazine. Uh, you'll be helping me out as well as helping Dave out. And I am beyond excited for what Dave has in store for us with Broadsword. Uh, some of the previews that I've seen look fantastic. Dave has a print copy that he's shown off on his Instagram and his Twitter and his Facebook. I, I am just so excited to have some cool new content for 5th edition. And I think Dave does a great job on his content. I would love to have my hands on a copy right now, but I have to wait just like everyone else. So, like I said, if you are interested, just go to the affiliate link in the show notes. So like I said, there's not going to be a rant today. I just have a quick correction. At the end of this episode, I have a really big announcement about a guest who's coming on the show. Unfortunately, I got the timing wrong. So I just want to say at the top of the episode, next week's episode will be an interview with my good friend and co-worker Gunnar Calloway. We'll be talking about miniature painting, and we'll be talking about the campaign that he and his friends are doing now. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be so much fun. The big episode, though, is happening. It's just not happening next week, but the week after. And you will hear who that huge, awesome guest is at the end of today's episode. So just for clarification... Next week's episode will not be that big episode. It will be an interview with my friend Gunnar Calloway. And uh, by the way, if any of you are interested in seeing some of his art before the episode airs, just go on Instagram and look up at the Shogun Gun. No spaces, just the Shogun Gun, and you will be able to see his art. So, enough of that, enough of my rambling. Let's get into the main event of today's episode, that being an interview with Candace Schaefer, a.k.a. Faye Anse, of Knights and Nerds. I hope you enjoy it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we now have joining us on Rolling Bones, Candace Schaefer of Knights and Nerds, a.k.a. Faye Anse. Candace, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is, it's great to have someone else from Knights and Nerds on. I, I love Tim. Tim's great. At some point, I want to have all of you guys on the show. They would love it, I'm sure. Everyone talks about your podcast when we're hanging out. So, Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. I... Well, you know, like our DM was your first person on the episode, and mm-hmm. so we all sat down and listened to it, and then we... Uh, now, periodically, throughout, we go, hey, did you listen to Rolling Bones this week? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Talk about different things and nice. go, oh, it has this person on. So when you asked me, I was like, whoa, okay, I can do this. <laughs> I didn't know my podcast was talked about by anyone. <laughs> it's talked about by us. Gotcha. And we love you. <laughs> I I just recently found out my grandparents apparently listened to this podcast. 
and they have no idea about anything D and D related or anything like that. It goes completely overhead over their heads. They just listen to it because I'm doing it. That's so cute. It is. It really That's is. really sweet. So now I'm on Papa High. Thank you for listening. <laughs> That's great. I'll say hi to them too. Hi. All right. So Candace, we are going to start this interview the same way we start every interview. So how did you get into RPGs slash D and D? So I actually had to find out when I started this, but um, one of my friends, my longest and oldest friend since we were like six years old, her husband ran a campaign and she was like, you have to come try this out. It's really cool. You'll like it. And I was like, I had really bad uh, ideas of what D&D actually was. And I just like pictured this dark, dingy basement and these weird people around a table. And it was something that didn't, didn't seem appealing to me. But she wrote me into it. And that was when we did fourth edition. And he had miniatures and a whole board game. And then I realized it was essentially playing make-believe. And I just fell in love. And yeah, couldn't stop playing it. That was about 2012, 2013. And so that first game was fourth edition D&D? Yeah, it started out as 4th edition, and we transitioned to 5th edition while still playing it. Gotcha. How did you like 4th edition versus 5th edition? <laughs> I would say 5th is much more uh, user-friendly, especially for someone who's just starting out. Absolutely. I, yeah, for me, I was 4th edition was heavy on the rules, and I had no idea. I got lost every single turn. I had to ask a couple questions. And when we switched over to 5th edition, I barely had to ask a question. And when bringing people in, it's so much easier to explain it to them. Mm-hmm. They can really just get into the game. Yeah, I've I've been able to teach my wife 5th edition, and uh, she's not entirely sure that D&D is for her, but she's doing very well, she's remembering the rules very well, and it, it's easy enough to get through that first session. Yeah, and they don't hate them, they're not, like, they don't have to have like a huge pamphlet beside them about what they can do on each turn. Mm-hmm. So, Candace, do you remember what your first character was? Uh, yes, yeah, so Aniel, she was a high elf on a ladrin. And she started out as an Avenger in 4th edition, and then when we transitioned to 5th edition, they had an altered reality happen, and I turned into a paladin, because Avenger didn't carry over. Oh, goodness, Sophie's at it again. (laughs) Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if I've ever introduced my cat on the show, but that is Sophie that you hear in the background. (laughs) She's obnoxious. (laughs) She just wants to be part of the fun. Mm -hmm. The other cat, Nora, who actually likes me, Sophie hates me. But the cat who actually likes me is quiet. (laughs) She knows how to get into your good books. Yep. (laughs) Hearing you on the podcast, I have in my head a a very clear image of what you, like what your play style is like. But I want to hear you describe your play style. Okay. So I would definitely say I lean heavy on role playing. And uh, for me, for character creation, I like characters that have fewer spells. I I love a really fleshed out character. I go through their backstory, really imagine what they've been through in life, their relationships that they had and how that impacts their choices in the future. So I really role play to the point that I I actually annoy my group sometimes because I make decisions or choose spells and feats that aren't necessarily helpful to the overall campaign, but I really feel like my character would make those choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's my favorite, the social aspect, being able to like, yeah, being able, being social in the game is my favorite part, and being creative in coming up with battles and what I have to do is more fun for me. Mm-hmm. I tend to be the same way, I've, as I've talked about on the show before. I love doing role play, and I love you know, kind of, I mean, like like you do with Faye, living in the character's headspace, and 
you know, thinking like them and to the point where the character I have now, I even write a journal for. I love it because for me, having all those little tidbits of information that don't necessarily come up in the gameplay with your other, with your group gives you such a, a stronger basis on decisions and choices you're going to make coming into it. So you come up to a situation, you don't go, uh, I don't know, really know. You can go, well, I know that they've gone through this before and therefore that would affect this decision. I don't know. I find that part really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... I mean, what's funny about my situation, I love the roleplay aspect. I have not played a high charisma face character ever <laughs> until this campaign that I recently started in. So I've never been the one who was like, all right, I can persuade or intimidate people. I've just been like one liners in character, but I have like a 10 in charisma. So <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> But it's still fun to play. I mean, even someone who's quiet has a background and a history and you have to make their choices still, right? Of the games that you've played, Candace, what do you think is the most fun one? Um, I would say my very first Bard, which was, uh, I think, the campaign we played just before this one for our podcast. And Tim was the DM. And uh, she was Star Star Whip. She was, a, I created this really seemingly shallow, overtly sexual bard who made Tim really uncomfortable on numerous occasions for the things that we had to do and he had to roll for. Uh, but she had this really dark, tragic backstory and that led her to who she was. And there was all this really fun role playing for me um, where her past started to catch up with her and I started acting strange and no one knew why because Tim had actually like weaved in my backstory into like this political thing. But her group actually missed it. So I ended up just in this awkward, like I couldn't act normal the entire time and no one knew what was happening and it was just a lot of fun there was a lot going on in that campaign tim was really good at like filling out a world and i would say that we had the most fun with that plus we drank a lot of wine during that game so <laughs> it made it a lot more fun too one of our players he actually works at a winery so he came in and used to bring wine every time and yes as those of you who have listened to the show know tim is perhaps the most canadian that's ever canadian so <laughs> I imagine Uncomfortable Tim was kind of fun. Yeah, it is really funny because I tend to have no filter and I was just saying things and he would be like, of course, you're going to make me do this. (laughs) You have to roll for it. It was really great. I love making Tim feel uncomfortable. (laughs) And so in in the time that you've played, can you think of the worst or the (laughs) least fun RPG that you've ever played in? Uh, comes right to mind. So after my my first character died, uh, was it was Anya. I'd played her for uh, over five years. This campaign mm-hmm. that I've been playing with that my very first one too, mm-hmm. and she had this really stupid death, which was really upsetting because I'd played her for so long. So I rolled a new character, and it had to work into the existing group. I wanted to do something different, so I pl- picked this druid, and she was really introverted. She didn't trust anyone, and. She came into the situation, she was supposed to be my character's older sister coming back to get her body because she was noble blood, and she somehow gets roped into helping them. So as Candace, I'm pretty talkative and friendly, but she was so quiet and nothing like me that I ended up being pretty miserable as I played her, and it really killed the campaign for me, and maybe tainted heavy spellcasting characters for me too, because the experience was just really uncomfortable, and I don't know if the campaign was changing after that but i really think that it shows that like character choice can really influence an experience for you yeah before, all- we, mo- before we move on to the next question i just have to ask you as a druid did you use shillelagh no i did not use shillelagh <laughs> always use shillelagh if you're going to play a druid <laughs> makes this, notes <laughs> this is general advice for everyone out there who wants to play a druid we i bring this up because we just had a new player join the wednesday night game that i'm in 
and he brought a druid. Mm-hmm. And we were in a combat situation. He's like, um, I'm going to use Thorn Whip. And I went, do you have Shillelagh? And he went, no. And so I had to launch into what Shillelagh is. It's a cantrip, so it costs you nothing. Mm-hmm. You can turn your quarterstaff into a D8 magical weapon. What? That you can use your uh, your wisdom modifier for the attacks instead of your strength modifier. And then because it's a cantrip, the damage scales as you level up. So it's a pretty pimpin' spell. It's, yeah. It's like a hidden weapon that I just never even knew. Yeah. Wow. If I ever decide to go back to anything that's heavy in spells, I'll have to remember that. Mm-hmm. Because I definitely stay away from anything that has more than a handful of spells right now. I don't remember who else can take it, but I know for a fact that druids can. It might just be druids. Okay, that's very cool. And so, the next question, Candace, if you could turn any fictional universe that doesn't have one already into an RPG, or if you could take an old RPG and make new rules for it, what would it be? Okay, so I knew you were going to ask this question, and I had thought about it. Hmm. And I I don't know if it exists already, because I'm not 100% aware of everything that's out there. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would be really fun. Because you'd have all these half-humanoid, half-animal uh, people that you'd be able to really, like, character creation would be really cool. Like, if you're going to pick an animal and you get to pick between, like, three different stats of human and so many different animals and combine them and how it would uh, impact things, I think it would just mm-hmm. be a really fun, I don't know, fun RPG to play. If there is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG, it's super old. So that is a perfectly valid answer. I love it. Good. I grew up on that show and I am like obsessed with it. I still have all my toys. Absolutely. Turtle power. Yeah. My four-year-old can sing the theme song. Nice. (laughs) And last question. Again, the answer to this question can be as philosophical or as sophomoric as you want, Candice. If you could put anything on a t-shirt, what would it be? Can I give two options? Yes. Okay, so it would be one of two things, which are coined phrases from our podcast and mean nothing to anyone else who haven't, <laughs> hasn't heard us. I would say um, as easy as stabbing a horse in the dark would be because <laughs> that's just a great episode and I love bringing that back. And uh, the one that makes Tim the most upset every time is, is that an Elvish? Because... <laughs> He wrote a poem, and it apparently was in Elvish, but it rhymed in common, and we just really give him a hard time for it. So now whenever he reads anything, we ask him if it's in Elvish. (laughs) If you you didn't bring that up, I was going to say you should all have shirts that say, this shirt is in Elvish. (laughs) That would be great. I should look into getting them made, especially when we finish up our campaign. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So now we're going to transition into questions specific to you and... uh, the game that you play in now that everyone enjoys and and knights and nerds. So first and foremost, Candace, how did you and your husband end up meeting Tim? Um, So Tim and Matt, my husband who plays Bruce Lee on the podcast, they had been friends in college. I could be wrong. It could be earlier than that. And they were in a band together. And yeah, I didn't (laughs) know Tim was a musician. He he's an amazing musician. Actually, he can play a lot. You should uh, quiz him on that sometime. He uh, So they actually were in this band, and I knew another guy who knew both of them, and he brought me to the show, and that's kind of how I was introduced to that group. We didn't really start hanging out with Tim, though, and his wife until, like, I would say as a couple, until after we got married. 
and we started a mini campaign with just the four of us and Tim was trying his hand in DMing. And uh, after my first daughter was born, we couldn't go out anymore and we didn't have uh, any social life. We just had a lot of board game nights and that's what Tim and Katie are really into. Mm-hmm. So they came over and he's like, hey, why don't we uh, start another D&D campaign? Let's rope our friends into it. And it was really fun and pretty much made it my entire social existence and launched everything that we're into now. That was a couple of years ago and we love it. And was Matt just, uh, oh no, not Matt, sorry. Uh, Tom, was he just another friend of Tim's as well? Not at all, actually. So Matt, huh. my husband, and Tom work together at a restaurant. And uh, Tom's a cook there mm-hmm. and super talented. And my husband was bartending. And he had brought up that we played together. And he was like, oh, I'm really into this. I, Tom said he'd read all the books. And he'd never actually got to play a campaign. It was something he really wanted to do. So we brought him in. He actually worked really well with us as a group. And so when we talked about having the podcast, he was totally on board of being with it. So. Gotcha. So you guys didn't actually know him all that well when you when you brought him no, in. No, just uh, Matt knew him, <laughs> and we had a larger group actually when the first campaign he played with us, and he didn't know how to play the game a hundred percent yet. He hadn't actually played the social aspect. He only knew all the logistics. Mm-hmm. So he actually knows probably the ins and outs of the game better than Tim does. Hmm. <laughs> and often will be like Tim will go, "Hey, Tom, do you know?" And he'll be able to tell him because mm-hmm. he's just so detail oriented. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. funny. Yeah, we love it. I love it because he also he can pull up things and he knows stuff that I mean, I've been playing for years and he knows way more than I do. And he's been playing for like a quarter of that time. Gotcha. So what was your initial reaction when Tim came to you guys and said, I want to do a podcast? Uh, I was excited and nervous. Uh, when Tim proposed the idea of it, the logistics automatically started running through my mind because that's just how I work. Mm-hmm. We'd been playing in our dining room table, and after a trial run, we kind of realized that wasn't going to work. So we now record in my kid's playroom on the floor, and it's this really awkward setup, but it was <laughs> the best sound. We're all just sitting around my like kid's play table and a coffee table and like around a couch, and we have blankets set up everywhere. <laughs> but actually, with the new Kickstarter that we just had, we have that new sound system, and we are starting to record with that next week. Gotcha. We're very excited for that because I think we actually get to sit on a couch and all play at the same table this time. It'll be the first time in almost two years. What were you, I guess, logistics aside, since you uh, have already addressed that, what what else were you most concerned with when uh, Tim came to you with the idea of the podcast? I would say on my part, I was really worried because of the the point we were at in life Mm because I was actually pregnant when he approached us to do this and I was like, "Uh, okay, I'm about to have a baby. Like, I don't know what kind of like sleeping arrangement this is going to be or how it's going to go. And I was just worried that I was going to be the one that ended up ruining the podcast or we wouldn't be able to record enough. And I was also worried uh, that we would lose a lot of the fun that we had in it (laughs) Mm -hmm. because a lot of our, the way we played was we just were very punny people, obviously by the names that we picked yep. <laughs> on our own, and uh, we would obvi- we'd like we riff off each other a lot and just make a lot of jokes and dirty jokes. And there's way more swearing now in the podcast than there used to be because we got more comfortable. But we and we also used to drink a lot when we played, <laughs> so we were like, well, we can't really get sloppy while we're trying to record, and we need to do this. And I was like, oh, well, what's going to happen? But it really turned out to focus us more, and I think. It became fun, but in a different way. And so, I mean, what ultimately made you decide, I want to do this podcast? And, you know, what, like, what, what keeps you coming back to the podcast every time? I would say one would be 
Tim. We just, I, I love working with Tim and anything that he wants to do because mm. he's always passionate about it and he's so creative and he's such, I don't know, I, I admire him so much for what he can do. And when he came up with like his books, I wanted to, I read them and just love them. So I knew that any story he was going to come up with was going to have some great twists and turns. And I am one of those people that if I start a show, I need to finish the entire thing because I want to know how it's going to go. So that's definitely part of it. And then I would say just at D&D is pretty much my entire social life right now because mm-hmm. I have kids and I can't leave the house that easily. And yeah, so it's just being able to talk to adults and other humans and do something that's fun. That keeps me coming back. And I, you know, I think our, I was most surprised, I think, to find out that people actually liked us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know that we we would, we weren't sure how it was going to be received. We didn't know if people would be into what we were putting out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that we got positive, you know, positive reviews and people were sharing it with friends and the people wanted to know what we were doing. It was, that was really cool to me. And it kind of made me more impassioned with it. I mean, just to, to piggyback off of that, as, as I'm sure you guys are well aware, not only is actual play a super crowded market, but yeah. you have some of the stiffest possible competition <laughs> in this group of professional actors known as Critical Role. Yeah. <laughs> we just, I my... Like we'd listen to them, we'd be like, "Well, we can't be critical role. We can't right. be this thing. We have to just do our own thing and play how we played. We think we're funny. Maybe other people will think we're funny." So mm-hmm. yeah, and I have to commend you guys because I actually am invested in the story. <laughs> I I listen to tons of podcasts, and I have a like sixty episode backlog of podcasts going all the way back to, I believe I'm in the month of May in podcast <laughs> time now. But when a new Knights and Nerds comes out, that already that goes right to the top. Same here. <laughs> for me, it's really funny for me to uh, go back and like I do. I have lots of podcasts I'm way behind on as well. Mm-hmm. But for me, I love being able to listen back to the story because uh, first off, Tim does a great job of editing it, and second, it's like, oh, that really happened. Oh, I forgot about that, and we get that. And then I'm just usually like, you can tell my husband's listening to it when he's doing dishes or like working on the garbage because he starts laughing out loud, and we quote it after. And it's funny because it's like reliving a moment that you kind of forgot or you hear little things that we missed and sort of skimmed over. Yeah, there there have been several great quotes from from the Knights and Nerds podcast. Not the least least of which was uh, stabbing a horse in the dark. <laughs> Do you have a favorite besides that one? Besides that one, um, putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. (laughs) There, there have been a ton of great ones. The one that's coming to mind right now, just because I've been recently watching the show, was when you guys first met Brita, (laughs) and someone goes, "Brita's a bee." (laughs) We were worried like like quoting pop culture would come across poorly, but it seems to be okay. Mm -hmm. You guys do it very sparingly, so when it comes up. It was deliberate. We actually had a huge discussion about not using inside jokes or using things that people who hadn't been listening to the podcast would kind of get on, catch on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and I know, I know a bunch of you guys are super into a lot of the same shows I'm into, like Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. And Community. Totally. We quote them too often, actually. Mm-hmm. I've been watching, so my wife and I have been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Community a lot. Um I've not gotten her to watch Parks and Rec yet. Tell her she'll love it. Mm-hmm. That was Part one of the ones I love the most. 
part of the thing is I keep saying we need to skip season one, but Kathy cannot watch anything without watching all of it. It's a woman after my own heart. Yep. I will start from the beginning. And again, even if the show got terrible after like the third season, I will watch it to the end because I need mm. to know how it's going to finish. And if the story isn't concluded, I get so mad. Mm. Yep. Yep. And so uh, continuing about the about the podcast, how did you come up with the character of Faye? Um, so after doing Star Star Whip, which was the bard, I knew I wanted to do another bard, but I didn't want to do an advertly sexual one for a podcast because mm-hmm. there just would have been some very inappropriate situations that we couldn't have recorded. Mm. Um, but I also wanted to try something a little different. And I think at that point, the new uh, classes and colleges were coming out. Yeah. And uh, Tim told me about, oh my goodness, why am I blanking right now on the word? College you know of my, Glamour? Thank you. College of Glamour. And I was like, oh, that sounds perfect. He goes, it's perfect for you. It seems like something you would love. And I was like, yeah, when we came up with all these ideas we were going to do, and literally none of them actually happened into the podcast. The only thing that actually stayed was uh, fiance. And she wasn't supposed to be Faye. It was supposed to be fiance as like one word. Mm -hmm. And I think Tim just started calling her Faye or something. And then that's where it stayed that Mm -hmm. we were just going to call her Faye. I'm like, isn't it kind of weird that she's named after an entire people? group but sure we'll go with it she probably thinks that those people are named after her it's like naming a child germans yep (laughs) pretty much (laughs) i do have to commend you for for the character of Faye, because and i talked about this with tim and i should talk about this with you when the show first started and I, I heard the the character that you had. Well, first of all, when I heard everyone's name, I was just like, oh, geez, it's one of these groups. <laughs> because I have a tendency when it comes to RPGs to take things too seriously. Mm-hmm. And so I hear that. I'm like, oh, bunch of bunch of clowns. And so I just I kept listening and I, I was engrossed enough by the first episode to keep going and grow to, to love all of all of these characters. But I heard your character and I heard you describe what Faye was, and I went, oh, oh, I'm not going to like this character. <laughs> this is, I'm going to hate Faye. And I'm going to yeah. want her to, to stop every single time. And then by, like, episode three, I was like, I love Faye. Faye's great. <laughs> I'm so glad you did, because, like, I really actually worried that people were going to hate Faye a lot. I thought, I said to Tim, I think the exact words were, she's really on the cusp of being the Jar Jar Binks of the show. <laughs> and I don't know if, uh, I don't want to cross into that line. I don't want people to hate me because of this character. But I think she's really going to be endearing as her character arc goes on. You know, mentioning the podcast and how you know you've kind of expanded your online presence as a result of the podcast what's been the best part of being a part of a podcast like this Uh, definitely the community that i've been able to start connecting with and i've only just scratched the surface i'd say uh there's people who've reached out to me with fan art and uh, yourself you did miniatures that i absolutely absolutely loved loved and uh it was just really great to meet all these like-minded people who were from all over and really connected to something that I was putting my energy, my creative energy into. And then just to hear what they were putting out. And I was just like, Oh my goodness, this is whole new world that I just didn't really know existed. And as someone who, again, is a stay at home mom, it was great to be able to message people and talk to people from all different walks of life who are just had this one thing, a game in common. And I don't know, I think that's a really cool uh, mm-hmm. ripple effect and just, yeah, I've loved talking to the community 
I would love to get into it more, actually. I keep telling uh, Tim, I was like, oh, we got to do something like do some Q&As. We got to do something where we can talk to people as like ourselves and not just the characters. I think it'd be really fun. Have there been any not so good parts? Not that I know of. Tim uh, keeps the DM group closed, so we can't read that. I would say no. Out of I, I would say I was worried because I know that women in uh, the community aren't necessarily loved by everyone. That mm-hmm. if I started um, interacting online, that I was going to get some backlash from some people. But I haven't so far. I would say so far it's been really good. Now I'm not super involved. I don't say I post a lot. And I don't ask a lot of questions and go in or make any sort of political statements or anything. So I haven't had anybody like hate on me i guess yeah and one thing i will say i'm in the dms group um it's been great in there there i don't know of anyone that's acted up in the dms group tim probably does if if anyone has done it but i've not seen it so i am i'm so jealous of you that you get to actually be a part of that actually <laughs> i tell tim this all the time I'm like oh can you tell me if people say anything cool i want to know <laughs> because uh if people don't know that we actually have so a um, besides our campaign episodes, there are behind the screen episodes and we as a, as players are not allowed to listen to them and it's totally honor system. I mean, we could listen to them if we wanted to, but we don't cause we don't want to ruin the story for ourselves. And, uh, he does all these stories, but I'm always like, Oh, I want to know. And so I tell Tim, as soon as the story's done, I'm just going back and I want to read everything and I want to see everything. <laughs> I want to just go back and see what people said. So far, what's been your favorite moment of the campaign? Uh... <laughs> Or your favorite, like, arc of the campaign? I'm really interested in... Uh, so you've, you've caught up, I'm guessing. I'm trying to also think yep. because there's stuff that's happened that hasn't aired yet. And I'm trying to remember <laughs> where we were. Um, I really love everything with the Black Orb and underneath the city. When we have the uh, existence of another race or something that we don't really know what it is. And that entire storyline really is intriguing to me. We only get to see bits and pieces of it and Faye doesn't seem to care as much but Candace is like super into it and there will be times at, like three in the morning I'll wake my husband up and be like did you think that maybe and I start theorizing what it could be and he's just like go to sleep <laughs> but I really like that part uh, when it comes to my favorite moments my like my favorite Faye moment would probably be one that was one of the most divisive moments for us as a playing group which is when I tortured the dragonborn mm-hmm. By not so much torturing them as much as just slitting their throats and not getting really any information out of them. And uh, I liked that because I thought it was great for me because Faye had seen all these people kill people. And he's like, oh, this is what we do. Okay, we kill people. And she was just trying to go on what she thought would make everyone else happy. And it turned out to make everyone really uncomfortable and not happy. And then so she had to like kind of just figure out what was going on after that. But um, favorite moment, probably Gilly fighting a bear. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> or me carrying Gilly in the baby Bjorn that keeps trying to come up because he's tiny and he, like, Tom actually hates it. But I always bring it up because I'm just like, but you're so little. <laughs> I can just carry you. Come on. Oh, that the best part about Gilly fighting that bear was that Gilly was murdering that bear. Yeah, it's just it was so out of character in my mind. But I love that that was just like something he just did, mm-hmm. and we we laughed and talked about it. I actually ended up writing like a little limerick that might come up at some point in the story for it. Because the thing about Gilly, I mean, he's an arcane trickster, but he do, he's not like a massive damage dealer for the most part. Like he nope. he could be DPS, but he often isn't. 
But in that moment, he really did, like, do a whole bunch of damage to that bear. Yeah, he could have killed it. But he, he almost did. I think he it ran away and he, let it, he spared its life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... It's funny that you mention kind of the uh, the speculations that you that you wake Matt up in the middle of the night with, because I would like to hear some of those. Where do you think that the story is going? Oh, okay, so this isn't fair because I'm sure anyone who knows our podcast knows more because I think Tim talks about it in that DM group. Yes, or you yes, know, he does. I yeah. do know. <laughs> it isn't fair at all. I can talk about some of my theories with the black orb. Uh, okay. Some of it I will say is. I think being confirmed in some of the episodes we've recorded but haven't aired yet. Mm-hmm. So, dun dun dun. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We, um, I think that whatever this community or people are, they were looking for a worthy person or race or something. And I think Elwyn has something to do with that. I think he's acting really sketchy. And I think that maybe something else is going on with him. And uh, I have said it before that I was like, oh, you know, something's up with that. And our whole group has been pretty unsure of him already. And the whole, like the Whispering Black Orb, we're not sure if that's that alternate world or where these people have gone to that have disappeared from underneath the city. But I'm really into, I, I think that he's being controlled because Teller, who is, for anyone not listening, is a fortune teller. <laughs> I think Tim just really good with the names there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he's a clairvoyant and he tells me that um Elwin's gonna ask me to kill him at some point and that alone just sort of tipped scales in my mind of where that was going and i really think that at some point Elwin's wants some the greater good to happen but i think someone else is controlling him mm-hmm. yeah which is really cool and i'm excited to see that happen <laughs> yeah as far as names go uh teller is no uh what's the name of that merchant don't ask me because he has like a book of names that he sometimes pulls out and they're just mm-hmm. so ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed too, we often will short form them or give them the, our own nicknames because we can't pronounce what he's decided the name is. Yep. Like Kit Kat. <laughs> yep. Kitvar Kiara. Yeah, Kit-Kat. that's one. Kit Kat. <laughs> like off mic, we were talking like all the time, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me that in a future episode, someone will walk up to, to Kitvar and be like, looking like a snack there, fella. <laughs> I wanted Faye to say something in reference to the snack, but it never really came up naturally. <laughs> I have to be really careful because, like, Faye, I don't want her to overpower episodes. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things I would love to say that I just don't, and I let other people kind of, yep. you know, take the lead. Mm-hmm. But Katie's been having some great moments recently. Oh, yeah, she has. And she's getting it's funny uh, because if you don't know her, she's really quiet. She's my best friend. And uh, she's just she's such a quiet person. Mm -hmm. And Tim is much more gregarious. And when she's with you and she gets comfortable, she'll talk a lot. When she got in front of the mic, even when we used to play, because it wasn't really her thing either. And she Mm kind of just played so that she could hang out with everybody. She uh, would sit there and kind of maybe say one or two things and wasn't really sure what to do. But with this, I've seen her grow and get more into it and like just get more intense with her character. And her character is quiet naturally, so it always works out. But I've loved some of the great moments she's had. Yeah, it seems like Tim and Katie have a similar relationship that I have with Kathy. She she's extremely quiet to the point of every time I even like broach the subject of her coming on the podcast one day she immediately shuts it down <laughs> she does she does not want to be on the microphone it's intimidating i i can't mm-hmm. lie it is i when you asked me to do it too i mean 
I record the podcast in our playroom, but it's just our friends and it's small and I don't really think about the after effects. I don't have to hear myself during the editing process. Uh, yeah, it's just then you'll listen, like, what if you ask a question that's too technical and I don't really know that part of it? And do I come across as stupid? I can see that. But I'm sure you, you wouldn't make that happen to your wife, though. No, no. no. So Tim has made reference to a time after this current campaign, a time once this uh, the story has concluded, uh, continuing the podcast with either a different campaign or a campaign that's kind of a sequel to the one that you guys are doing now. Mm-hmm. What do you want from any kind of future campaign that might end up on Knights and Nerds? I want Faye to continue on. Uh, I We've talked about and sort of thrown the ball around about that we would have the choice to reroll a character or to keep our character. So mm-hmm. someone else could come in or they could stay on. I really like the idea that everyone but me ended up rolling a new character and that <laughs> Faye ends up becoming this weird leader of the group because she's already has a history with whatever we get thrown into. But uh, yeah, I really hope that we can like, continue on in the same world or the same kind of story or in the mm-hmm. future, you know, like when we're reestablishing anything, the whole world is sort of up in chaos right now. And I think there's lots of opportunity to grow from there. I hope he stays in the same world because as much as I love starting a new story, I think that people really love what he's created and love some of the characters and it might not have the same uh, charm if we do a complete changeover. I don't know. That's my thought. <laughs> now you've mentioned multiple times, uh, you know, having, having two kids and uh, you know, not really having much of a social life outside of gaming. How do you balance having kids and gaming? It can be. Uh, so if we, I would say gaming, not so hard because babysitters are really expensive and having everyone come to our place to play something is a lot easier. So, you know, like before they, lots of people come here, we do board game nights. We do, I don't know if you've ever played Jackbox. We yep. do Jackbox night, box nights. Uh, so it's just things here where we hang out, we talk, you know, Cards Against Humanity. It's, it's a fun social get together. Doing the podcast in family is a little harder because there is things that have to happen. Like we need to make sure there's episodes to go out. We need to be ahead of where we're recording in case someone's sick or if we're going on vacation and so on. And like I said, I was pregnant when he asked Mm -hmm. and I have really rough pregnancies. So hopefully it doesn't come across, but because apparently you said you liked me after the third episode, but I was, (laughs) I was really sick during most of the first part of the podcast. And uh, I would put like I'd have a bucket beside me in case I was going to be sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, then after we had our second daughter, um, our first went to bed so well, and we had been playing upstairs. And if she didn't, we could take her out and rock her and keep playing. But when you're recording a podcast, you can't do that. So there was a lot more stress about time constraints and a baby who's crying and feeding. And so there's times when I'm feeding her and we're recording, you can kind of hear it in the background and it's awkward because she's not a quiet, quiet kid. But there'd be like 20 to 40 minutes that she just would not stop crying. And we'd have to like completely abandon a session altogether. And I felt really bad about that. But now that they're older, I would say it goes better for us and... Yeah, Tim's also really great. Our group is really great. They're really understanding. And sometimes we just reschedule for the next day and come over and keep recording. But once they're older and, you know, sleeping, I don't think it's any, not really balancing at all. As long as they're in bed, you can pretty much do anything in the house. (laughs) Uh, 
ladies and gentlemen, uh, I know this is not a, a video podcast, but uh, the strangest thing has just happened. Uh, apparently her her elf ears were burning because a portal has opened up and we are now joined on the podcast by none other than Fiance herself. Uh, uh, Faye, uh, welcome to Rolling Bones with Ryan Howard. Uh well, Ryan, doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I know you've been looking forward to this for a while. I absolutely have. Is this your first time in uh, in kind of the mundane realm, as it were? Yes. Uh, it's the first time I've been here. It's not that great. Can't say I disagree with you. <laughs> so uh, I, I have to say I'm a little bit starstruck right now. I mean, I, I've been listening to your adventures for over a year now. Uh, I, I'm a great fan of This Is Your Brain on New Life, and uh, the Umber Hulk song is a favorite of mine. I listen to it in the car as often as I can. Uh, a car is like a carriage without any horses. Oh, I, I okay. I don't know if you guys have those yet. No, I don't believe so. Gotcha. Very primitive Same. way of going mm-hmm. with the horse. Well, of course you're a fan. Everyone is. And uh, I'm glad to hear that you're able to meet me and talk to me as it is. I, uh, I am pretty impressive. And my music and works and actions are preceding me. That's nice to hear. I like to spread my joy around the world. Gotcha. Well, Faye, this is a kind of unusual circumstances. Uh, you see, this is a show where I interview people, ask them questions about you know, what they like about this this game that we play here in the mundane realm where we pretend to be people of your realm and we call it Dungeons and Dragons. Since that game doesn't really exist in your realm, uh, there's not many of my uh, introductory questions I can ask you. Um, have you ever heard of the concept of a t-shirt? Is it a shirt that is the letter of T? Um, not quite. So a t-shirt is something that we mundane people wear. It's very, very casual clothing. It's it's what you would wear not when going to work or certainly not when appearing in, in front of someone such as yourself. I'm a bit ashamed of myself for wearing one right now, actually. But usually there's uh, snappy slogans or funny sayings printed on them. So if you could make your own t-shirt and, and put some kind of witty saying on it. Well, what would you put on on a, a mundane t-shirt? Well, I just want to start off that I didn't even notice what you were wearing because it's a microphone. And I would also <laughs> like to point out that I, I don't notice what most people are wearing. It really doesn't bother me because I only notice that I'm in the room. Second, if I was going to design a t-shirt for other people to wear, it would be one of two things. One, just my face so that people could feel warm and fuzzy whenever they're walking around and know that they were in my presence in some small capacity. I think the other one I would do would be, let's get physical. Ah, I like it. Yes, it was suggested like it to me lot. by someone. <laughs> yes, and uh, such a such a wise individual that person was. <laughs> yes. So I guess while I have you on the show, I, I should ask you a few questions. Uh, Faye, can you tell us a little bit about your, your upbringing? As a young elf. Well, I was raised, as most people are, in glamour and riches and uh, wanting for nothing. Everyone was fantastic around me and always encouraging and always telling me to pursue my dreams. And when I showed a natural-born talent for everything, they just congratulated me and lifted me up in the way that I should be. And they really, you know, always wanted to tell me how great I was. And it was always good to hear. Gotcha. That sounds like a a great place to grow up. Uh, What was it that made you want to leave that place and and travel to Pharaoh's Point? Well, after much time in my 
realm of just being praised continuously, I realized there was a large part of the world who couldn't praise me yet. They hadn't been given the opportunity to hear how amazing I was. And that just felt wrong. And I needed to go out and greet them and show them who I was and just, you know, bring that happiness to them. I completely understand it. I thank you for doing that. I'm I'm one of those people that had not had a chance to praise you yet. You're welcome. So uh, before you headed out to Pharaoh's Point, had you heard any any rumblings about perhaps a, a war that had happened or maybe some, some dragons that were, were causing trouble? Well, Ryan, let me tell you that uh, now that I've been out there and seen what the world state is, I'm starting to think that maybe we weren't told a lot where I grew up. Uh, there wasn't much about anything. We were pretty protected. And like I said, there was no danger and only happiness and eating and feasting and dancing and drawing and everything you could want to do. But then I come out here and it's war torn and people are sad and there's lots of drugs going around and dragons and people taking over. And it's just, it's a lot of rough situations that I just wasn't really prepared for. Now, uh, let's take it back a little bit to your your childhood. What was it that made you want to perform? Was it a uh, noticing of your natural talent or was it just a, a grace that you felt within yourself to to share yourself with the rest of the world? What what was it that, that drove you to, to perform on stage for people? Uh, I think from the time I was born, I was so gorgeous and glorious that they tend to just put me in front of people and I would say things and everyone would applaud. So it just became a natural venue for me to just be there in front of people telling stories, regaling them with tales that I'd made up. And uh, it was it was good times. And I, I'm not just a performer, though, Ryan, I can also draw, I can write things, I can dance, and I can create backdrops and sets. Anything artistic, really, I'm a master in. Fiery bunnies on the sides of wagons? That was not me. That was <laughs> an artist we came across who I did very poor judgment let them paint fiery bunnies on the side of our cart. I could have done a better job with my eyes closed, but that's okay. Well, if you ask me, you should have taken on that task yourself. I agree. I keep trying to convince Tim to let me do it again. So throughout your time adventuring with this, this motley crew that you've uh, formed around you have you noticed any changes in yourself i would say within myself i don't like to admit it but i'll tell you ryan because no one here that's listening is going to have any impact in my world uh i'm a little less sure of myself because we are in this different foreign land we're adventuring all over we're doing things that aren't really performance based they are killing and blood and running based a lot of running there's a lot of running away from things a lot of running to things and i'm not really sure why anyone wants to live like this but i do know that i want to help and i think that's maybe where the biggest change is that i want to do something that isn't just for me i see that these people need something more than just my great performances they need hope and i think that they had it before and now they're not too sure it's a fragile state in those changes that have happened over your, your time adventuring, you yourself have even drawn blood and and even killed a few people. What was it that, that kind of drove you to, to find that, that darkness in yourself? I was really going with the flow. Uh, I noticed that my companions had stabbed a lot of people when I was invisible. And uh, it seemed to be the right thing to do. They kill people to get what they wanted. And that's what I tried to do. I did learn after the fact that you shouldn't kill everybody to get what you want. You should wait and see if it was the right thing to do, if they're a bad guy or a good guy. But, you know, live and learn. You have to make mistakes to uh, move forward. 
Now, have you noticed that it's become easier to kill people, or do you still feel it every time you find yourself in that situation? Uh, I would say it's unfortunately got much easier for me to try and poke things with my stabby sword. Your stabby singy sword. Yes, and I learned apparently he has a name. His name is Max. Ah. Yes, I learned this in a future episode. (laughs) Of course, of course, and we all look forward to to hearing about it. He's obnoxious, though, and he gets in the way, and he always wants to be the center of attention, and that's my job. So you've been adventuring with this group of of people for a long time now, and I imagine that within a group like that, some people will... You'll form bonds with them, and some people will start to rub you the wrong way. Who is it that you would find yourself closest to in this group? Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I would say that nobody likes me in this group, Ryan. Hmm. Uh, I think there are a few who maybe support me a little more. Uh, at the beginning, Gilly liked me, and he was in right singing my praises, but I think that I have war on him. And uh, Spruce often will come to my defense when he wants to. <laughs> but that's about as close as I get. And... Uh... Do you find yourself not getting along with any of them uh, in particular? Like, is there anyone that you just find yourself constantly butting heads with? Vanna hates me with a passion. Mm. I believe it's because I'm the complete opposite of her and that she wants quiet and I want nothing but noise and she doesn't want to be seen and I want to be seen. Next, I would say probably Gilly because I don't think he likes that I carry him around like a baby. But that has gotten you out of a a handful of pinches. Exactly. Yes. I don't do it for the fun. I do it partially for the fun, but I also do it because it's useful. Well, as a diminutive man myself, I I can understand not wanting to be carried around like a baby. But I will say, nothing takes the sting of being carried around like a baby off more than being able to just beat up a bear. (laughs) It was quite impressive to watch that small man take on such a large furry thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Faye, you've obviously learned a lot during your adventures, and you've obviously grown a lot as a person and, and become an even better performer and adventurer. What is something you wish you could go back to that, that young fiancé sitting in her, her, her bubble where all the people adored her and she didn't know about any bad things? What's one thing you wish you could go back and tell that young Faye right now? Ryan, I would I would love to say that I would tell her to stay true to herself and to go out into the community and be a stronger person than she knows she is. But uh, 100%, I would tell her to stay home and not go out. Fair enough. <laughs> I feel Fair like enough. she would be in a much better place than I am currently, but mm. you got to make the best of what you have. At, at the point where I am in your adventures, uh, most of you have been on fire more than once, so... Uh... We have, I can't say that's bad advice. I've been in stinky sewers. I've been chased by lizard people and giant crab rats. And there have been so much things happening. And I was underneath the ground with crazy black smoke. It is, I don't understand. I could have just been in my luxury, having feasts and dancing and writing songs about nothing. But at least I would be happy and clothed. And I would have nice furniture that didn't have paper all over it. So another question I want to ask you, and, and this might be a, a little bit of a sore subject. I know there, there was a lot of... A lot of confusion going on at the time, and certainly a lot of uh, drunkenness as well. But when you found out that uh, the the paladin who worked for Dane Rubii was not who he said he was, in fact, he was someone else completely entirely, was there a part of you that was a little bit 
disappointed that you didn't get to rob the temple anyway. Oh, so disappointed. Even as things have progressed since then and all the trials we've gone across, I just keep reminding them that we could have just done this easier way. But I think more than anything, it was being betrayed by someone that I really was admiring and felt close to. Like I said, my group, I, I don't feel especially close or like there's a lot of greatness within my group of people who want to be close to me, whereas that paladin, he was strong and confident and just carried himself in a way that I was very attracted to. And I, I must ask you about your new companion, Brita, who's been with you for a few adventures now. Do you feel like perhaps you have another Vanna in the party? Or has Brita done enough to kind of distinguish yourself from Vanna? Should I talk from the point of where what you know or what I know now? <laughs> Whatever you feel the most comfortable with. Though she is very similar to Vanna, she has gone through her own things. So her and I won't be best friends for numerous reasons, but we do respect each other, I believe. Now I have one last question for you, Faye, and th this might be a little introspective. This might take some, some soul searching and, and, and be very hard for you to, to answer, but I want you to do your best to answer it honestly. Do you think it's possible that Vanna could use a little bit more Faye in her personality, but maybe you could also use a little bit more Vanna in yours. Never. I mean, everyone could use a little bit more Faye. I think the world needs more Faye. It's like salt. There can never be enough. Too much salt is never a bad thing, right? They, if you uh... say so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, I, don't, I don't think that I need to uh, be more quiet. I don't think I need to be more brooding and grumpy. I do have those moments, but they definitely drain me and they don't help anybody. Fair enough. Party of Adventurers can only have uh, so many grouches. I agree. <laughs> All right. Well, Faye, thank you so much for gracing us here on Rolling Bones with Ryan Howard with your presence. I, I, I do have one more question for you. Uh, what have you done with Candace? <laughs> oh, she just is over here. I'll get her again. She, Candace, get back over here. You can talk now. I give you permission. All right. Well, Ryan, thanks for talking about me. Thanks for telling the world how amazing I am. And uh, let me just finish off by saying, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Have me back on here again, okay? Well, you said my name three times, so I have to. Exactly. <laughs> well, that was certainly interesting. Uh, <laughs> Candace, did you ob observe that from from where you from where you were? Unfortunately, yep. Oh goodness, who knew that like plane shift could take <laughs> you directly to Canada? <laughs> It's a really crappy spell. I mean, I guess not. <laughs> Canada's doing pretty well right now, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it could always take you to Tennessee where it's boiling hot, but... <laughs> I mean, it's been warm here, too, but yeah. All right. Well, uh, Candace, it's, it's been great having you on the show, even if uh, a portal to another dimension did open up <laughs> and, and gosh darn it, did, did Faye ever take your spotlight? I... Like I said, I suppose her, her pointy ears were burning, but thank you for being a good sport about it, and I, I, I'm glad that you were able to come on the show. I'm glad, too. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for today's episode. Uh, next week, I am very excited to actually be able to announce this on the show. This is a big one, guys. Next week, we're going to have Larry Elmore on the show, one of the greatest fantasy artists of all time. A man who pretty much defined the look of Dungeons and Dragons in its early days. I'm excited to talk to him about how he got into art, how he met up with the guys at TSR, and how he ended up getting the job. This is going to be a huge episode. Tell all of your friends who are into RPGs, 
Rolling Bones with Ryan Howard next week, Larry Elmore. But until then, remember, few things in life are as easy as stabbing a horse in the dark. <laughs>